of my youth. Ah, and what is what's your quality? What's your quality? I, I feel like was expecting, I was expecting I feel, something like this from them. Yeah, I feel like it's part of a, a long term ploy. Like, and the glazers, I think, uh, what's not about pulling it? Everything is fine. You don't need to buy anybody. All it comes to the Casemiro and Lara Labas, you don't worry. You don't need them. Nah, Casemiro to one new stadium, what he was suit, what he. I, I, so there's something obviously different about them today. So it's good, it's good for them. Good for them. Abi, uh, and suddenly they haven't. They've gone to Liverpool now somehow. Hey. <laughs> uh, this is a story is very interesting. But it must be league in August. But well, even must say Saint Maximum was turning them like a semu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this thing that one only happened like once in like once in a blue moon. And even when that happened, they, they should they, they still should have won. Even when they were three when they still should have won the game. With the chances that they miss. Like, mm-hmm. like anyway, let's just get to it. Um, hello guys, welcome to another episode of the On About Nothing Transfer Special. And if you are just joining us, we are still we are stunned because somehow, somehow, my United beat Liverpool two one. And like bullish, you said you saw this coming, but frankly, I did not. Especially the way United were last week. So I, I know the reason why I said I saw something like this coming. Not that I, I was predicting. You know, United to win because if I was, I for don't go put money, go make small change. So it was not like a. But I was predicting. I saw a more engaged team and a more spirited performance. And the reason why I said I saw something like this coming is that number one, there must have been fire from the Glazers down to the management, down to the coach, down to the player, like all through for losing the way they lost to Brentford. So. At the at the least, I was expecting some sort of spirited performance, you know, some sort of um, effort performance. So, uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't saying I wasn't saying that okay, we are going to win, but I was expecting some sort of effort so that the, the effort would be different, the body language would be different in this game. Then the protest outside of the stadium, what in Doju that they were stoning the coaches' balls and stuff like that. And the only way you can, the only way you can turn around stuff like that is. If the fans can see clearly that this team tries their hardest, but they are not good enough. You know, what has been happening is that, in this season for United, is that, yes, they are not good enough. But the fans have not even seen them even try, even to their 20% capability. So, but if the fans, that's why you see a team like, um, let me give you, let me say, a team like Watford. And their supporters will be cheering them on when they manage to win two games, stuff like that. Because the fans can clearly see that these guys who, yes, we are flogging also, we are 15th or 17th on the table, but these guys are trying their hardest and their best as much as they can do. They're not just talented enough to win against some of all these bigger teams. That's why their fans will always continue to cheer for them, you know, continue to shout for them. So, but we've seen cases in the last two games where the body language the player move the player the, the display on the pitch has just been zero so it's always it's almost difficult for fans to cheer for that for that so i expected something like this 
I didn't know that they were going to get to win. And again, if you saw the previous Liverpool games, Liverpool has been really shaky. You know, there's uh, there's there's a there's a misstep about their game. Both I don't know maybe because of their numbers have reduced in the midfield. I don't know maybe they're miss, missing side your money, but there's their their confidence and swagger with the way they usually play. That you are, that you know usually, Liverpool usually play with. They don't play like they don't play like that for nineteen months again. Normally, one of the hallmark of Liverpool is especially from last season for last season is that Liverpool can play that then get pressing every meta football for eighty five out of the nineteen minutes. They won't wait until they concede. They won't wait until thirty minutes before they start playing. From the onset, Robertson's on your neck. Everybody's on your neck. But in their last two games against Fulham and against Crystal Palace, they, they didn't really look like um, themselves. They didn't really look like the team that was going after it. So I was not 100% sure of Liverpool. And I was expecting, you know, Man City to, Man United to put some sort of pressure to them. Now, that doesn't mean that the next game, maybe against an even smaller opponent, they will not chop it. But I was expecting this kind of performance today. Yeah, I think it's uh, we just get into the main topic of today because obviously he said, he said that Casemiro is basically on the pitch. He's basically at Ultra Hall already. And it's it's one it was an unexpected day. When the transfer window came out this season, nobody the everyone united in the midfield united going to get one. It looks like we're going to be Barcelona's ultimate right. They've gone for Real Madrid. So what does Casemiro add? To the midfield, and is he the solution to the problem for United? So, I there's something I saw today in the squad. They used uh, Varane and uh, Martinez in cent- a centre back pairing, and um, there's one thing that I, I'm sure Eric Tenyard probably, you know, he thought about when he was in, when he was in the shower taking his bath this morning. Yes, I want to play from the back. But you need to first defend first. You need to <laughs> before you play for the back. What the heck? What defend? You know, if you chop for zero in thirty nine minutes, playing for the back will be useless. <laughs> so I think that's one thing I I I think uh, a Casemiro will bring for them. Yes, you need the ball playing. You know the game is modern. You are going to you want to be on the front foot. But first of all. First and first of all, and foremost of all the first. Oh, God, 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 defending, you know. To Jemeta in first half. There's nothing you can do in the game. So, so that that is something that um, Casemiro brings, you know. Experience in terms of protection for the uh, back four. Covering the grounds when the two goes up, when the three goes up. You know, you have a Dalo that is very attack-minded. He played a very solid game today. You know, when Dalo goes up, you go and, you know, join the attack, and then the, the counter breaks. Having that experience to know that, okay, I, I should, this is my position, I should be covering up for the centre-backs, clearing ground, knowing, having those timely... I've never seen anybody that evades yellow card as much as Casemiro. Maybe the <laughs> League referees will show him Pepe Shao, but... He has just this thing that he will have done like six tackles before he go get that yellow card. Sometimes he will not even get the yellow card. So they need they, we all we all know that they need a four, a strong someone that will be a protection for 
the uh what's it called for the defense and then with someone like Casemiro it is now easier and it is now uh what's the word you can now comfortably play a Bruno Fernandez and um, Ericsson in midfield because you, you can allow them express those two can express themselves though Fernandez has been poor even today's game was really poor his touches were poor he had one chance at the balls where you know his control was just awful but I think where they have freedom to express yourself without fear of ah if I lose the ball what will happen when they have that confidence that okay I have uh, um, Casemiro and I have Varane covering me if I lose the ball it allows them to be more free and then they they are, they are even uh, they are less prone to mistakes so I think that's kind of that's kind of thing they can expect from Casemiro and the truth is it's better than all the uh, defensive caliber of midfielders they have both in precision marking skill and everything he's better than Maktom yes he put in a shift but so that's that, the truth is as much as he's not the uh, profile that they had needs he's an upgrade on whoever they are playing for the first the first game that Ericsson played for we all knew you know what happened <laughs> to them he could so it's going to bring give give them that option to be able to you know have that four, and then deploy probably more attack-minded guys up in front of him. So it's a good signing for them. Maybe on the decline already, we'll see how the season goes. But it's a good signing for them. Yeah, and what is even more interesting to me is the protecting counter attacks and the protecting the centre back because when was I'm I'm saying that Madrid that. When it's when it says that Casemiro is there, it's only the lower Casemiro cover. Mm-hmm. And what is important is that you, um, what you see with United not protected. Like so, if you have someone like Casemiro now to shield that back for, we no longer have we have fewer complaints of the whole Lisandro Martinez shots, blah blah blah. If Casemiro protects that area, that is good for them. I still think they. Probably Travel the ball, move the ball. But Casemiro is definitely good sign. Even though I think in typical my United fashion, nothing might happen. Only only the injury dollar advice is nothing. I will be sure. I will be sure. I will be sure because yeah, that is like is typical United. Yeah, so uh, I think sticking with the Premier League and France, I feel like this talk about it. Well, um, in France, got promoted in June, in May, three months ago. And now, Bolly, they made 17. It's not, I mean, yes, sometimes to sell it because they lost a lot of players that were alone last season. And again, the only players to compete the 17. Like how do how do you fit to one season and when they do a preseason, I was expected to survive. So uh so I, I, I was looking at uh, some of the signings that they made and then I was looking at you know the kind of responsibility they were expecting from some of those signings. So I think everybody and anybody knows that they their their job this season is to make sure that uh, they don't go back. That's at least you are back for the first time in a very long time. 
you want to make sure that at least you survive this season. So some of the signings they made, I, I I understood it was easy to understand that you can't compete without some of those. Like for example, signing uh, Emmanuel Dennis, signing Awoni up front. You need you need players that you know can hold up play, can stretch the floor, can play in the counter. Usually, if you are a team that is going to be defending against big teams, that so I think. Is 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 a very strange policy going for 17 new guys, especially when you are as you said they don't have positions together. But I think what they've just done is they've done they've tried to they've done a, a gamble of out of this 17, oh bad at the bad, oh yeah, Ribi seven or eight quality. That's what they've done. And some of the players they've signed, they actually signed you know some quality at least from some of the options that they brought in. So I think that's what they just did. That oh, if by time we between the first ten games, if we can shuffle these guys, we should be able to see at least eight, seven, or eight guys that will be part of the rotation. And off the top of my head, I think that like someone like Lingard, Awuni, Imanu Dennis, that's three guys quality that can play for Everton, even though even up front, up front for them. So I think. Uh, it's, it's a strange policy, but anytime, anytime you are coming from the championship like that, and as you and you are, as you said, it's not as if you have like you are recognized for your academy, like someone like Southampton. When Southampton came into the Premier League, they didn't really have this trouble because they were already churning out enough um, talent to the Premier League before they joined. So they, you knew that they had quality players in their squad, both at, at the younger age. But Nottingham Forest is not something they are known for. So I think. It, it, it's a gamble whether it now pay whether it will, it, will, it will give them what they want in terms of not going back to regulation only time will tell but it's a very very strange gamble yeah and the not paying off is the worry for me towards Nottingham Forest because if he doesn't pay off you're not just getting relegated you're getting relegated with 17 new signings with huge salaries Going back to the championship where the money will not be enough, so now you're you facing another game where you have to come back up immediately, or those players have to go again. They have to, I'm just finding you to bring another at least like 15 new players who are of lower quality. So you basically have to start rebuilding. So a lot is thrown into this, is, they must survive. That is basically that's basically the example they put in. But but the, the issue is that, or rather, the thing is that. Doctor Forest has said that since this owner came in, this is like this is like a a normal thing for them. That season where they will just make two signings, even when they're in championship, when they're at thirteen, season come like you can start the manager three times. Just like they basically do whatever they like. So it's, it's very going to be intri- intriguing to watch anyway. And already they have four points already from three games, so it's not it's not a bad it's not a bad run. No, yeah. so because as I, I I I understand, you know, that's why I said the gamble. And I'm looking at I, I I'm looking at their squad. They got Czech Checo Koyate. I'm looking at some of the guys that I think will play. Steve Cook, who has who has Premier League experience. They got um obviously Awoni, um this guy Jesse Lingard, this Morgan Gibbs. I've not seen really seen this guy play. But they, they, I think it's one is the most expressive signing. They got Dean Anderson as their goalkeeper, so they they've actually gotten a lot of quality guys that should survive to keep them up. 
yes, 17 is a very, very outrageous number. But I think out of that 17, they have like six to seven quality guys that have come in that will be will be part of their first level. If you look at their last two games, about the first level, about six or seven of those guys are guys that they just got about are actually quality guys that, that should play. So, so it's, it's to make sure that the coach is doing what he's supposed to do to get the result. And then maybe before half of season, if you have 25 points, you are, you are becoming closer to, you know, surviving uh, relegation. There used to be target of 40 points. You know, you get 40 points, then you're almost safe. So I, I think as much as the 17 is large, maybe they, maybe they, they I don't know if they needed 17, but about out of that 17, I can see like six, seven, seven to eight quality guys already that will be a constant part of their rotation will be important for what they are doing going forward. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. And I think another thing that I work in favor is that they have a good manager, Steve Cooper, like a very good manager who might deal with the team. Um, so we're over from from England to Italy for our final stop. Um, Napoli has actually started the season well. And frankly, when I was considering talking about Napoli in this, in this podcast, I did not see this coming because... They lost Kulibali. They didn't just and they lost Kulibali, who is vice captain. They lost Insigne, who is captain, and they lost Gris Mertens, their most their most influential player in the team. And they are basically a high goal scorer of all time. And yet, the way they are playing now, like if they want to burn everybody, four zero five two, I think they are basically joining life right now. But ultimately, those three players are key influencers. You cannot that you can't you should, you should not lose in the dressing room at the same time. So, do you think this the whole this starts will continue this way, or at some point, due to those lack, due to lack of influence in dressing room for those players, there will be some kind of breakdown? So, there's 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 one thing that I would probably like to mention is that who have they played? So, yes, again, they've played Monza. <laughs> so, so it looks like uh, everything's rosy. But on TT, have a bound. So, I, I do. Their squad, because you, you can't lose those quality of players. So, I've not seen their game, but I had someone praising a couple of guys, you know, that that were playing in that game that they won against Monza, like about. And then you 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 want to observe and see. So, what you what usually happens sometimes is that there are some guys that are probably breaking forth that. The dressmakers and the signal were blocking their progression, and maybe the team has seen that okay, we are not getting we have got it to the maximum point we can get with these guys. These young guys will see that they are going to come in and break forth. We already have this target that we think that will do well for us, then they can let them go. So, as much as yes, I can say they, they started the season well, but the truth is, until we start seeing against tough quality opposition. And then they sustain that level, then can say okay, that you but still they still maintain some quality, you know. Osime is there, Lozano is there, they still have some guys that you know are still familiar faces. Yes, there are new guys that have joined the free, but they we need to see them being tested. Let them play against the Roma, you know, who's dogged, who is going to give them problem. Let's let us say against Lazio, let's say against a similar inter, then we'll say okay, because they boy against Monza. Probably Moza is probably going to be chicken change point for almost all the top flight guys in the game. 
and yeah, and I this there's definitely going to be one to keep an eye out of course. So I said they've also made some interesting signings like Giacomo Raspadori and Giovanni Simeone. And as you said, they've kept Osimen because despite losing those three players, I think they are the most important player that they, they could not afford to lose Osimen. Like it brings like extreme balance to that squad. So if they lose him in that attack, the way he presses and the way he moves, that would be another problem. And before we um, call it a night, um, because I think Casemiro's signing looked like the only real big signing that might happen between now and the end of transfer minute. Because it looked like this season, a lot of the teams did their business very early. Like Spurs, by July, was it Paris? No problem again. Massey, Massey have done that. You see, four losses in the Massey have signed the players they want to sign already. They just added Carl well, Phillips and move on to it. And I think perhaps the only team is Barcelona. They see Barcelona maybe the Bernardo Silva saga. I see also this. Do you, are you, do you think there will be another like big name spotlight time before transferring the closing next week? So maybe not big name, but I think there will still be big signings because. There's something that you, you need to you need to observe. For example, out of nowhere, we didn't know Casemiro was going to be signed. Casemiro, it looked like Casemiro. We already had just felt like Casemiro is in Madrid. Yes, that is a Madrid player, you know. And then all of a sudden, Casemiro is going to is considering in three, four days, the deal is done, medical done, he's already in United. So I feel like a lot of things have so many things that they are beginning. To, you know, when you are in preseason, everybody's happy. You know, the food yeah. is sweeter. You are resting. The training is sweet. Is when leads pipe you three zero that some realities will begin to set in. All your ambitions and goals, you begin to look at it and your calendar and see that ah, Ikuma permit will continue. Right. So, for example, the back and forth that. Uh, um, Chelsea's probably having Barcelona for someone like Aubameyang. You probably see them be a bit more um, proactive in, you know, sealing up that deal. You know, also going back to Fofana, seeing that oh, hey, wow, ah, I need the boy you give us this guy. So you might see stuff like that. Also, someone like United, they wanted to sign Anthony. Ayas did not collect the uh, fee. You can there's a possibility that a United might eventually sign someone like maybe Cody Gapo or Anthony before the end of the window. So it, it, it's uh, yes, maybe not uh, big signings, but I think there's still quite a number of business that will be done before the end of the because especially as after almost all the league have played played a couple of games, a lot of teams have you know can kind of start saying oh. This is one of the problems we are going to have. We need to quickly address this. We need to do this. So that's something I think uh, we might see a couple of like shocking signings before the window shuts. Yeah, and I think we are this definitely going to keep our eye on out for Chelsea's business for the end of the season because the Vofana saga is starting to brew up but um, Leicester reported that it did not come to training last week so they had to keep mass with the first team blah 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 personally said they want to certainly for Obama Yang and it's definitely interesting to watch because as you said Chelsea would have took would have looked at the game at the weekend and go okay maybe we're never ready yet maybe we're not there yet like in terms of challenging for the top two so between now and next, between the next eight days anyway, it's going to be a fascinating one to watch. 
So I think that's all we have for tonight. Bollies, well, thank you once again for joining me on this on another ride. After, after United gave us something we not we did not expect. But I think don't worry, by next week before before we even consider far bad to factory setting. No getting man. bright again. No man, reset the defaults. I think we should be fine. <laughs> so uh, stay, stay safe and have a good one, everyone. All right, bye. Bye guys.